Hi, welcome to the Bougie in a Backpack podcast. My name is Angel Trin and I'm from Pennywise Traveler. And I'm Mackenzie from Travel Hacks Mac. And we're so happy you're here today. So today we're going to be actually talking about decision making. So this is a great debate that a lot of people have. Either you book your accommodation first, like your hotel, your Airbnb first, or you book your um, flight first or transportation there. So let's go into this. Yeah, there's there's a lot of decisions when it comes to travel, whether it's what booking your hotel or flight first or whether you want to spend more on a hotel versus an Airbnb or like where you want to do your layovers or where you want like what lounge you want to go to. So we're going to talk about all that today and what our thought processes are for when we're deciding like where do we even travel to? But yeah, I think the first question is probably like where to like where to go right? Like, how do you decide where to go? Do you decide based on the deal or the destination? Because they always say, people always say, like, follow the deal, not the destination, because that'll get you more cheap flights. But how do you decide when you're deciding where to travel? For me, I do it based on a deal too. So um, we're also an affiliate for Thrifty Traveler. So a lot, Thrifty Travelers, they send out a lot of emails each week about different deals and stuff. So this week they sent out a Cancun one. So I knew I had to book my flight to go to Cancun since we're both going to Women's Travel Fest. It's going to be in February. It's going to be um, Valentine's Day and President's Day's weekend when that conference is happening. So we both knew we had to go. So when I got that alert, I was like, okay, well, it's a month away anyway. And now that there's a flight alert from Thrifty Traveler that I have to book it. Because um, what I do is this. I have emergency flights. So like Southwest and American Airlines, they're always my emergency flights. If I... <laughs> They're like, like they're like my favorite points to use when I have backup plans where I don't know what I'm doing. It's like my fu fund, right? Like if I yeah. if I have emotional emergency or some kind of emergency because I work remote, so like I work in tech, so I can work pretty much anywhere if I bring my laptop and stuff. If I'm going through like a oh, mental health crisis or emotional crisis or some kind of form of emergency, besides my green juice, these are my backup plans. I can easily use Southwest points, American Airlines points if I cancel my flight right before then. I also get the points refunded back to my account and the taxes as well. So they're like my backup plan. So I know that I was going to go to Women's Travel Fest in um, February. So then when I got the flight alert, I already had um, backup flights already booked with Southwest. Since Southwest had a sale like recently, like a few weeks ago, they had a Southwest sale. So I already booked backup um, flights on Southwest. But when that flight alert came out from Thrifty Traveler, I was like, okay, well, now I have to go pay for the flight because there's a sale going on because they've been tracking the prices and stuff. So then I booked my flight literally like yesterday and I was deciding if I wanted to go exactly on my dates that um, were for the conference or if I wanted to go a little bit earlier or later. And then when I checked it, the amount that it would cost for the Airbnb was literally like, what, 50 bucks a night. So it, it cost about the same. So in my case, mm -hmm. I was like, well, if the Airbnb, like right before I go there, if it costs the same where I factor if I leave a little bit earlier to pay for the Airbnb, it costs the same amount of money if I leave later, but pay more for the flight. So would I rather go with the flight and Airbnb to go a few days earlier and later and stay a little bit later? Or would I just go on my exact dates I need, but pay the same amount of money? I think for that situation, it is kind of, you were chasing the deal, but you already had the destination. So you kind of like had, like you already chose the destination or like, not that you had a choice of where Women's Travel Fest would be, but you already like that was decided where you were going to go. Mm -hmm. And then you were already prepared to pay for it, whatever it was, but the deal came up. So you were kind of like prepared. You were like looking out for the deal. And it's kind of an approach that I like to take with 
if I want to go to travel to different destinations, but I'm not really sure where, kind of think about what destinations do I want to go to? And then when a deal comes up, I'm like, oh, I do want to go there. And this is the time I can go so I can see, okay, now I'm going to go look and see what days are available if they work with my days or, or, or whatever. And then, yeah, the booking the flight first or the hotel, I think it really depends on what is like your, your limiting factor. Like, is there, are there fewer flights? Are there fewer hotels? Are you going to a destination that's not very touristy that doesn't have many hotels and there's only one hotel or is there just one hotel you really want to stay at? Like the, like the Park Hyatt or something, you know, do you want to, if that's the, if that's your goal is to go there, you might want to book that first and then find flights that work that will take you there. Or if you care more about the hotel than the flight, maybe you're more likely to book a really nice hotel. And then you know that there'll be more economy flights versus like, if you really want to fly business class, you probably want to book that first. Um, or when it comes to like figuring out the days to fly in your situation, you're talking about Mexico, your flights were significantly cheaper if you left on certain days, but the hotels are almost the same price. They're a little bit more expensive during the weekend, but like the flights are like double, triple the price if you book them on the weekend versus like if you book the flights on the weekdays, you can get a cheaper flight. And then the hotel's like just marginally more expensive for those extra days. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that kind of go in to that. It's funny. Cause we just, <laughs> we just spent like an hour trying to decide where we want to stay in Mexico. And we we're like going back and forth and weighing kind of the pros and cons. Cause then there's also the debate, like, you know, should we stay at a hotel or an Airbnb? Like the hotel will clean every day, has free breakfast, but do you need free breakfast? If you're staying in a cheap location where the local food is, is really good and probably not very expensive either. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all those things are factored into consideration. Mexico, where this conference is hosted, it's in Playa de Carmen. So there's a bunch of different hotel chains you can choose from. So on the cheap side, there's like a Wyndham. There's also a Hyatt. There's a Marriott. There's all the major hotels that you can choose from. The Hyatt that was not at the main conference where it was, the, the, the conference is at a Grand Hyatt. But the Thompson Hotel is cheaper than the Grand Hyatt. So like... If I go to Thompson Hotel, I know I can get upgraded there too as a Hyatt Globalist and everything. So it's like, it depends. Like, do I really want to stay there or am I fine with going to an Airbnb that's only 50 bucks versus the Thompson? It's like $200 a night. So it's like $50 or $200. So like for me, if I'm going to go there before Mackenzie does, if we're, if we're splitting a room and stuff, I don't mind if it's just me, I don't mind just getting my own room, you know, like at the Airbnb because it's just me. But if I'm sharing with someone, I'd rather go to the hotel just because it's nicer. So it's like, you want all those uh, different stuff. But if it's just only me, then I don't really care as much. I mean, I think it depends because like, I feel like Mexico, when it's like prices like that, where you see like Airbnbs for your own room and your own room where you don't have to share like because there's differences like there's airbnbs where you have your own room in a private house and it's also where you have the whole apartment to yourself so if i have my own apartment to myself it's only 50 bucks a night versus a hotel is like almost 200 dollars a night so it depends on what you want more but i think if it's only me i'd rather pay the 50 bucks but if i'm going with someone else i'd rather pay the 200 dollars. the first travel conference i went to was wits in I actually booked a Airbnb, a room in someone's house in an Airbnb. So it's, it was a room and you got your own bathroom and everything, but it was near the conference. And it was like $50 versus the hotels were like $200. And I was like, and I booked it super last minute. Like I hadn't decided if I was going and I kind of was non-committal about it. And then they ran out of rooms 
And so, but I stayed there and my whole thought was I'm here by myself. And also like the, I'm going to be at the conference most of the time. So I didn't really care that much about, you know, what, like my going back to the, to my room and, or like spending time, you know, like having my own space or anything. I didn't, I mean, I did have my own space in the room, but I wasn't planning on spending that much time in the room. So I didn't care that much about the accommodation. I, was, I just needed like a nice bed to sleep in and it was nice. <laughs> I, I wish you, you were going, I knew that you were going to go to that conference. Cause I oh yeah. So like I used a corporate, I used a corporate code and it was way cheaper than the wits corporate code that oh, they gave wow. to us. So mine, I think it was like a hundred bucks a night, a hundred or like, and I had a two beds. Oh wow. So, yeah. I could just stay with you I the know, whole time. I, <laughs> I, I didn't know that that was your situation, yeah. but like, no, cause I tried to get a king bed when I was there at wits in Kansas city, but they ran out. They only had two queen beds. And I was like, okay, well this corporate code, it's so cheap that I, I have to use this one. Because it was way cheaper than the Wix Yeah, one. but mine was only $50, though, so it was still cheaper. Well, I mean, if we split it in half, it would have been 50 bucks. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It happened in the past. It's it's okay. But I didn't know. I would have just told you to stay in my room. And you would just be in the same building. It's funny, because we actually, we actually decided to open the podcast at that conference, too. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's funny. Speaking of conferences, yeah. if you guys haven't heard yet, we are doing the Bougie in a Backpack Virtual Travel Summit. So if you are interested in being a speaker, we do still have applications open. They're going to be closing soon. So we're going to be closing applications on January 31st. So if you want to be a speaker, you can get your application in. And then we don't have tickets yet available, but once we have them, they will be in the show notes. They're just not available at the time of recording. But if we do have them, they'll be in the show notes. But yeah, definitely if you want to be a speaker, we're going to be talking about all different kinds of travel topics, not just travel hacking, but if you do want to talk about a, a specific travel hopping travel hacking topic, then that we're definitely welcoming that as well. But if you want to talk about different kinds of travel or different certain destinations that you've been to that you're an expert on, whatever you want to talk about that you're an expert on when it comes to travel or saving money on travel, we're definitely excited to have you. So please apply by January 31st. Yeah, we look forward to seeing your application and we're open to like all different topics. You don't have to have a set amount of followers or anything. So we're kind of excited of what results we might see. Yeah. And get, getting to meet you guys as well. So, and also if you apply to be a speaker, we are having our speakers on the podcast as well. We'll we're gonna be doing separate episodes with our speakers and yeah, and we'll get to to chat with you and you'll get to meet the community as well. So yeah, I for me generally I follow the the destination more just because I'm very open to see like where I go and stuff. I don't really have a set place that I have to go or anything necessarily. So I'm pretty open for the most part. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy for saving money as well as like being open. Or if you want to go to a certain, if your goal is to go to a certain place with a certain kind of vibe, you know, like, oh, I want to go somewhere there's a beach, just being open and having a couple different destinations that that could be. Then when a deal comes up, or if you're looking across multiple types of deals, then you can think about that as well. So that also kind of goes into our challenge that's going to happen this week. So if you're listening to this on Monday, the 22nd, 
This week we have the New Year New Me Challenge. So if you want to plan your travel for 2024, if you want our strategies for how we like to plan out our travel in order to save money, in order to meet our travel goals and go to the destinations that we want to, definitely join us. We're going to be having different sponsors talking about how we can optimize our travel in 2024. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So this is slightly different from our last challenges where we have a mix of different things. So I think people would really like this challenge. So another factor when it comes to decision making and travel is whether or not you want to book a layover or a direct flight or if you want to book a positioning flight, how like what city you would want to go out of. Yeah. For me, like the biggest factor of that is like for positioning flights is do I know anyone in that city? Because then if something goes wrong and I'm stuck there, that's like something I can do or there might be somewhere I can stay. So a lot of times I do a lot of positioning flights out of New York because I know, God forbid, it somehow doesn't work out. I could just go like to New Jersey where my family lives or my sister, my brother live in New York too. So I could do that. Or um, when it comes to layover cities, I think really hard about what kind of lounge is there because I won't book a layover in a city if there's no especially a long layover if there's no lounge it's like why like what's the point of doing that when I know I could book somewhere that has a lounge where I can stay there and and like if my flight gets delayed or canceled at least I can go there and hang out and work on my laptop or eat and drink and everything yeah for me I guess like the position flights, I only try to do them if I have to. I mean, it depends, right? It's kind of like following a deal, mm-hmm. not necessarily the destination. If I have, if I find a good deal out of there, like when my, um, so like all my, some of my business class flights I've found, they were never out of LAX. They were out of other places like JFK, Seattle. So I positioned there like the day before or the day of. So it just depends. Like if they have a lounge there, then I'm fine because I know I could work at a lounge. I did this hack. I think I talked about it in a previous episode, but um, I was in the Centurion Lounge for like 12 oh, yeah. hours. So like, I mean, if you have a same day positioning flight, you can just chill in there. And that's what I did. If you have a positioning flight, you can't do that because it has to be on the same itinerary. If you want to stay there all day. No, I did. It was on two different. Oh, really? Yeah. I flew LAX to JFK on JetBlue. And then I flew Delta One from JFK to Brussels. Really? So it's two different. Wow. Tickets. Okay. So yeah, then yeah. what did you do? Because when you scanned your ticket, did they say, oh, you're not here for, it's not three hours in advance, right? For Amex Interior, if it's a same day flight, it's fine. Because you're connecting. Did you have to tell them that they, because usually they scan your ticket and they say, you can't be here longer than three hours before. And then usually, but if you have a connecting flight, you no, just say, because, oh, it was a connecting mm-hmm. flight. But for you, you said, you, did you show them your, your original flight? And they were like, oh, okay, you just arrived. I showed them both tickets. So I showed them okay. the JetBlue ticket and I showed them the um, Delta One ticket and they said it was fine <gasps> because I have a same day flight. Okay. So I was there literally, yeah, and I've done that multiple times. So mm-hmm. I've done it from... So I done it from JFK, from I flew, what did I fly the first time? I flew JetBlue to, um, from LAX to JFK, and then I flew American Airlines from JFK to, um, to Paris. So I've done that before, and then I, this time I did it to Brussels. And I've done it before on, um, to Mexico City, where I flew, v, like a budget airline. I flew, like, I think Viva Aerial, Viva, Viva Bus, I think, mm-hmm. is, is, is that what it's called? Um, one of the budget airlines to Mexico, in Mexico City, and I flew it. And I had like an 11 or 12 hour layover in Mexico City. Okay. This whole time I thought you were on like one itinerary and I was like, oh, of course they let you. No, no, no. But yeah, I didn't know you could do that on two separate. 
Yeah, it was two separate itineraries. So, and then the same thing with the um, the positioning flight that I did out of Seattle when I flew Alaska, and then I flew A and A. So I flew Alaska from LAX to Seattle, and in Seattle to um, Tokyo, I flew A and A. So then it was two different um, flights and two different alliances. So they don't have to be in the same alliance. I've risked it more in priority pass lounges where it's, they seem to not care as much. Or I, I know I've done it in Turkish. I got there like five hours before for us for one flight. It was not a connecting flight and they didn't even like check at all. <laughs> so I think and that, that kind of leads into the next uh, question is what, how do you decide which lounge to go to when you're at an airport that has several lounges that you can go to? So for me, my decision factor usually is I usually will go to multiple if I have enough time. <laughs> like I'll try to go to every, as many as I can and try to, you know, experience them and like decide which one I like the most. But usually what it ends up being, I end up the last one I go to is the one that's closest to the gate because I'd rather just not be like running to the gate, even though I have done that many times. I have like sprinted across the airport just because I wanted to go to the lounge. But usually I'll try to go to like the ones that I really care about first and then like make sure I get those in and then I'll end them at like, and that usually ends up being the Delta lounges or the United lounges, like the lounges that are associated with the airlines. That way they're positioned near the, that airline's gates, as opposed to like Centurion lounge usually is centrally located, but it's not near any specific gate, but that's kind of how I decide. And it's also like, how good is the lounge? So I put like, when I'm ranking the lounges, the Centurion's usually like my top choice because they just they have really good food I think I really like their chicken <laughs> I think their like chicken thighs are really good and then they have a good bar situation they have a nice atmosphere and everything so that's like my first choice and then and then yeah if I'm flying usually priority pass lounges really vary it depends on where you you are if it's like a high quality one there's I know like of my home airports uh, DCA and uh, Reagan Airport and and Dulles. Dulles has a lot more options. And I probably, there I'd go to Capital One Lounge first because it's like right after the gate. Actually, yeah, if there's Capital One Lounge, I'll go there first, <laughs> probably. Because <laughs> I think Capital One is usually better. But at Dulles, I'd probably go to Capital One and then I would go over to Turkish Lounge and then I would go to, um, I think the... Is it the, I think they have the Air France lounge there, or is it the, yeah, the Air France lounge. It's like, okay. And then end at United if, if I'm flying United, <laughs> it's like, or end at Delta if I'm flying Delta. Cause the air, the airline specific lounges, I don't usually like as much. I do. The American lounge isn't, is pretty good, but I usually, I don't have access to that unless I pay. Um, and I usually would just, sometimes I'll use my credit, my airline incidental credit for that. But yeah, that's kind of how I decide which lounges to go to <laughs> for me it's if i had to choose between priority pass or centurion i just go to centurion because i know i'll get better service there so, mm -hmm. so i always like when i was at jfk i went to virgin atlantic i went to centurion but i was fine with staying at centurion the whole day i only went to virgin atlantic because marianne made me she was like no we're gonna have to go to virgin atlantic <laughs> because I, she was like because um i don't know if, if no one has been to the virgin atlantic lounge at jfk but that one yeah. it's, it's like they come with you with food so it feels like nice like a restaurant versus like centurion's like buffet and she was like no we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna get out of centurion and meet me at the virgin atlantic one so 
see i think it depends if you like that or not because i actually don't like because they give you i don't know it's like you don't get to try you get to pick like one of each type of like you could order more always but you don't you don't have control over when it arrives so sometimes it takes a minute for them like you order something it's not like you can grab something eat it and then run to your gate like the centurion lounge you could go to the buffet i've gone there like i've been in the centurion lounge for five minutes before gone in there like hungry grabbed food ate it really quick and then left but in the the virgin club you like really can't like you like you have to sit down order something wait for it to arrive and then like see what it is when you arrive and i get that people would like that because you're being more served and you don't have to get up and leave your stuff or like get up and take your stuff with you and it does kind of feel that lounge actually feels very like it feels almost like a like a cool kind of club lounge mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it feels like it feels kind of bougie <laughs> it feels bougier than the centurion lounge but i would rather go to the centurion lounge personally I mean, I was there the whole day at Centurion, so, like, I was fine staying <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think when we flew Singapore Suites, the, the like, airline that you go to is the Virgin, Atl Virgin Atlantic Club, but I was like, well, we're going to the Centurion Lounge first, so we went there first and, like, had some drinks there and then, and food, of course, and then went to the, the Virgin Club, because it's, like, it was also, like, located a little bit better because the centurion lounge is right when you enter and then the virgin club is like a little bit further in and it ended up i think it was closer to the gate and then um it also just felt like they were like oh go to this lounge and um but i had access to it anyway so it didn't really matter but then it was funny too because it's like after all that we get on the flight and they serve you like a five course meal and i was like i did not need to eat all that food beforehand <laughs> yeah. that always happens though so it's like that always happens like even for me i i, I was a centurion the whole day then i was at virgin atlantic then we had the flight on the food and i was like oh i don't know if i can eat that much <laughs> like you know like like but it was still no. a good experience and stuff you know those are some kind of the factors that go into our different decision making when it comes to travel. I think a lot of it, though, is just deciding. If you sit there and let the analysis paralysis take over, then you're not going to get anywhere. And you don't really find out, you know, what lounge is the best or what your preference is between Airbnb or hotel unless you make a decision and then try it and then see that you don't like it so that you can kind of change it in the future as well. So but those are some insights into how we go about it yeah let us know what you think and what your decision making is in our facebook group let us know like how you make your decisions for whenever you travel and stuff for me it's like i'm pretty flexible about going wherever it just depends on where the, the deal is really and then i'll factor in like is it cheaper for me to stay like an extra few days versus the flight like all those things are taken into consideration. So if you want to plan your travel for 2024, don't forget to join our challenge. Or if you're listening to this later, you can always grab the replays for the challenge. We're going to have a lot of good information there about making these kind of decisions and figuring out where you're going to travel for this year and planning out your travel in advance. And also don't forget to apply to be a speaker at our Bougie Travel Summit. And we'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one.